Welcome to the Power Peak Hour with your host, astrology expert, Mark Husson. Hey, everybody, get off that dance floor and come talk to me. How are you? It's another Tuesday. We have a rocking Aquarian moon in the sky happening. That means we're going to be pretty rebellious because as you learn your astrology and you go through the signs of the zodiac, you realize that each one has main characteristics that are archetypes that go way, way, way back in our collective subconscious minds. And we get to act them out. That's the fun part of being human, right? We get to play in all the planets and all the signs and then like use the moons and Mercury's as excuses when we mess things up. We are free to go, right? (laughs) You can tell I'm feeling particularly feisty because I have a guest with us I'm going to bring on in just a little bit. But first... I have to make some announcements because you guys like get me so into this astrology thing that I forget. And um, I want to tell you, first of all, a big shout out. You all know I love Louise um, for many reasons. Louise Hay, the, the, the person who who makes it possible for me to even talk to you and who extended such extreme care and courtesy and love to me at my um, I Can Do It event when, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. Somebody that big of a rock star takes a minute and and gives you a hug and like it's it was really sweet so and i always give them a shout louise and shelly well you you've heard it over the previous shows because shelly has also been louise's she's louise's personal assistant she's um been my dear friend throughout my 10 plus years at hay house and shelly is going to be on the radio this friday and i could not live with myself if i didn't please ask you to support what she's doing right here on Hay House Radio this coming Friday, October 30th. Shelly Anderson is going to be doing the Acts of Kindness and introducing the Hay House Foundation um, Hour. And this first one, she's going to do Acts of Kindness. They're going to go through some of the organizations, some of the charitable things, that the good things that the Hay Foundation does. And her first guest, Louise. So you got to come. It's this time Friday, this coming Friday. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be listening in. You all, please come support our girl and our girls and like show them, show them what this is about. It's really sweet. And they do such charitable things. And Shelly's going to be the host. And I invite you guys to play with us. That would be a great act to do. So put that on your calendar this Friday, uh, October 30th. Okay. Acts of Kindness with Shelly Anderson. Also, um, I'd like to give a uh, quick shout out to Logan and Vienna, two dear angels that came into my life this weekend and were the most amazing kids I've ever met. And I just love them. And I had to give them a squeeze because I got to meet them. I got to meet Vienna for the first time, children of a dear friend. So thank you. Tonight at One Two Listen and One Two Angel, we have one of the lowest introductory, playful, trick-or-treat, fair reductions we're going to offer you. But I'm not allowed to tell you when it is. You have to go sign up on One Two Promotions, which is on One Two Listen and One Two Angel.com. Just get your name on the mailing list. You guys... Stop having phobia about, oh, too much mail. I write you three times a week. Now stop complaining and get over there because this is about saving money. One, two promotions. So you go to one, two, listen or one, two, angel right there on the left-hand side. Just give us your email address and I'm going to send you a postcard of what the secret time is that we lowered our rates. So many people were like, lower your rates. The rates are too high. This is your chance. Go check it out. Because when you're talking to the premium of premium psychics and astrologers in the world, It's worth every penny to get your head put on straight. And so we're lowering them tonight. So please come join us. Thank you so much for letting me have that opportunity. Let's 
talk about this amazing woman that's going to be on the show with me today. Her name is C.A. Brooks. You may know her from my Power Peak. If you're not on the Power Peak, would you please wake up and go over to OneTwoHouse.com and get off my mailing list? Because you're missing out on one of the most powerful publications, I think, in spirituality and astrology today. All right? We talk real. It's real. This week was me just talking about how we get so paranoid about how we do our words. So it's a fun article over at 12house.com. And CA was the woman that I handed the baton of the Power Peak to where I would do the dailies. I've been doing them for over 12 years. And I wasn't about to do pass that over, but I had to based on the time and writing Love Scopes, my book Love Scopes, which hint, hint, like, is that a segue to please go buy my book Love Scopes? And CA was one of the people who I met. Now, I met her through my retail store, the 12th house. She had come in. And it, beautiful exchange. She has quite the mind. I've always loved her mind. And she was one of the few people. And this is a true story for me. You know, I love The Course in Miracles. You may or may not know that. And, you know, if you think you know what The Course in Miracles is and go, ooh, then you probably don't know what it is because there's a lot of people saying they do The Course in Miracles, but whatever. Okay, so C.A. takes the book, reads it, which is written in iambic pentameter, Shakespearean prose. And the next time I see her, it's like she she got it. I mean, it was like amazing. One of the few people that ever did it without training or teaching. And it's like, it was pretty amazing. So I was really in love with her mind. And she agreed to give the Power Peak a whirl. And it has become a phenomenon. People read her every day. She tells you where the planets are, what they're doing, where the what what's aligned, what isn't. And I am just so honored that she agreed to be on the show today. And so I'd like to introduce to you um, the very talented C.A. Brooks, and that is her name, C. Period A. Period. Hey, C.A., are you with me? Yes, I am. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> hey, thank you. And you it's... are just always way, way too kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly, I hardly got to say what I really wanted to say, and it's pretty amazing that you have gone into this celebrity status with the Power Peak. I think anybody that reads you, that has has read the Power Peak, has this sort of personal relationship with you. And I know as a writer myself, it's it, you don't really get to know the way people, how they feel, because often people just receive it. And not many people will take a minute and write unless there's a problem. So I know, but I've gotten so much feedback on you and their their sense of you. And I am so curious for you to tell people, let's tell a little bit about the Power Peak, what you do. Like, what is the Power Peak to the people who don't know? And then, like, you're part of it. And then I want to ask you a few questions about how you came to do what you're doing. So okay. tell them if you would. Okay. Well, in terms of the Power Peak, I mean, that's a newsletter that you've been putting together for years, which, of course, has several different aspects to it. So what I write is just a small part, really. But what I'm doing is going through and doing what you and I always talk about as the dailies meaning looking at every single day and just trying to figure out and project what is the energy going to look like for that particular day. And then just write a little blurb so that people can kind of have the heads up. You know, it's kind of like looking into a crystal ball and saying, this is the weather pattern, just like watching the weather channel. And and how do you explain to people that it's not like a typical horoscope? Like if you don't look up your sun sign and then get, um, and then get like read that part of it, that day is the 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 day for everybody. How do you explain that when people say, well, don't I have to read my own sun sign about that or something? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, people haven't asked me that. But I guess what I would tell you is, you know, and we've talked before about, um, you know, how do you go about just trying to say what is the we- you know weather pattern for everybody in the world? And of course, I don't really know, but I have to trust just having a connection. And what I do when I write is first I do a little meditation. And I just say, you know what, I just want to be a total 
empty place where a message can come through. So this isn't about me. It's not about, I mean, I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about what I think I have to say. I want it to be a message that people need to hear that particular week. So first I just sort of set the stage that that will happen because I think that's the most powerful thing. And because let's face it, Mark, I'd run out of ideas. But when I just kind of open myself up and I just say, you know, I just want the message to come through me. Then I look at what the planets are doing on that particular day. And I kind of see the planets as being characters on a stage. And so I kind of look and I go, okay, what are these guys up to today? You know, Mars is over here and he's kind of sulking or, you know, Venus is kind of stirring up some passion in Scorpio or something like that. Mm -hmm. I kind of imagine what they would be like as people. And then what would they be doing if they were all on stage together? You know, would they be holding hands? Would they be having a fight? What would be going on between them? And then I try to just figure out, okay, what does the energy feel like today? If you just took this snapshot, what does it feel like? And then I just try to explain that so that then people can kind of fit themselves into that pattern exactly and i think what happens is if you're gonna if it's gonna be a full moon it's a full moon for the world right and then so it's like how it affects them maybe on a personal level different for everybody but in general you're saying it's gonna snow or it's a full moon and you know this is the this is the energy it's bringing how you're going to react to that energy well that's personal right and i think that's the brilliance in what you're doing you're sort of talking timelessly and globally and i you can't tell you the number of people that that say they reference it every day to see like pretty much what they can expect is this a good day to maybe talk to my boss about that raise or those kind of things and it's really helpful it's just when you're when you get into astrology you kind of forget or wonder why the world hasn't like checked this out like people pick a wedding day or they why wouldn't you kind of look and see how the how the stars are lining up just mm-hmm. as a metaphor? How, by the way, did you get into this thing? Well, and that's an interesting thing, just as you said that, because I thought, you know, a long time ago, I was just such a skeptic, because it's like, why? Of course, I don't watch Weather Channel much either, but why would I look at that, and why could that possibly tell me something about myself? And, and here again, as an astrologer, you would appreciate this, I have Virgo in my ninth house. <laughs> so it's sort of like, you have to prove this stuff to me. I'm going to check all all the information out. I'm going to make sure it's really true before I go anywhere with it. So I was actually studying, I was working on a master's in health administration, which is a business degree, like an MBA. And I had been doing it for some time and working full time. And I was standing in the bookstore picking up my typical finance books. And I just felt so burned out and just so tired of it. And I looked up and I saw this rack of novels and, and, you know, soft paperback books. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get a novel. I'm just going to treat myself and read something different. So as I'm waiting in this long line, I pick up this book. It has a beautiful cover. It's called The Inner Sky. And I just assume that it's a novel. Well, I pick it up, I buy it, I take it home, and it turns out that it's an introductory book to astrology. A good one at that, too. Yes, it's an excellent one, and that's it. So if you believe in fate or if you believe that, you know, the universe or God or angels or whoever just brings things to you, it's like that is exactly what happened. That's unbelievable. That book just kind of fell into my life, and I would have never chosen it consciously. That's the thing. (laughs) If you had said this is an astrology book, I would have never purchased it. But oh, I that's did. amazing. And I think people can tell. If you if you all can hear it and see a 
she has a sort of like she she's pretty intellectual in my world and so someone like her she's not about to buy anything that doesn't like really resonate like she said it's like the she her ninth house is like from missouri the show me state she is <laughs> yeah, totally not right. she is not gonna buy it and i and i love that so you started studying it and then you found validity in astrology is that kind oh, of yeah in fact truthfully mark in that book in the first couple of pages i was hooked because I don't know what he said, but something, it, it, it did appeal to that scientific part of my brain or the analytical part. And I thought, okay, this makes sense mm-hmm. that if people have done this for thousands of years and they've noticed that every time the moon does this, then there's a certain effect on the planet. I thought, you know what, this is worth checking out. So, you know, within a week or two, I was enrolled in astrology classes. That's amazing. Wow. That is so, such a testament. I think if anybody gave astrology, if they realized the, the brilliant minds that had backed astrology and just sort of, they're not, like what horoscopes have done is unfortunately, because we do them, but I think what horoscopes have done to the world is sort of like skew their perception of what astrology really is. Right. Because there's horoscopes and then there's astrology and they're like two different worlds, right? Right. <laughs> but I think that because everybody, I think newspapers knew that if everybody in the world is covered in all 12 signs, let's give them something to read. So everybody mm-hmm. will go reach that. And so it, that was horoscopes. And what astrology is really is a map of our, of our psyche, is a map of that moment in time that Carl Jung said that, that remains a quality throughout the lifetime of the life form that breathed in or came to life under that map. So it's kind of a, a wonderful, it is a wonderful science. You're so exemplary of somebody who gets bit by it and once you get bit by the astrology bug it's kind of hard to to stop if it's your thing there's other people do you know there's the people who are really kind of metaphysical and it's just astrology just they can't grab it you know <laughs> and i there's those kind of people too they really love astrology but they they're not meant to to be as an astrologer they're just they just like astrology right and so if people get frustrated learning it i always like to say don't worry about it that's just like leave that to the the people who it meant something to and find find something that means something to you as well. Mm-hmm. Now, well, and I'm ahead. glad you said that the newspaper astrology or horoscope stuff too, because I think that's the other reason it didn't appeal to me before, because I saw it as being very flat and yes. not having very much depth. But like I said, once I picked up that book and I realized you're really talking about the position of at least 10 planets and then the sun and the moon. So you're not looking at this flat picture. You're looking at this complicated relationship that was going on at the moment that you were born. And truthfully, I just think there is such incredible depth. I mean, like, for instance, you know, I'm going to be taking off the next couple of um, weeks and I'm going to be doing some relaxation. But one of the things I always do is I take along my books and I study because there's just always something more to figure out or to think about or to learn. I mean, to me, astrology is more like psychology. Oh, it is. Absolutely. I think that that's one of the great things about it's it's not the wand, it's the magician. It's uh-huh. sort of like how we present it. There are you have such a, a, a good mind and a good psychological mind. And I think that there are those people that want to use the chart to understand the nature of the individual, like where they came from, how they survived that kind of environment, or what kind of environment did they have that this chart was saturated into. Like we did lots of studies of, of famous people's charts. And, you know, there's Marilyn Monroe's chart. There, that There's a person born on that day. There was also another baby girl born that same moment in time in some mm-hmm. other part of the world. And they did different lives. But it's so interesting to see they all had within them the same tools that they expressed. But the environment does sculpt and does change a little bit about what tools we're going to need to use. And that's another fascinating part 
of astrology. It's not so root, rote. It's not so mundane. It does bring in a, a certain kind of creative um, need for an astrologer. That's why computerized reports, which we do have and I do like, are limited because they can only tell you the computer can't talk to you about you know, what happened in your life. We don't, the computer doesn't know if you've sort of shut down your moon a little bit <laughs> unconsciously because uh, that part of you was hurt or wounded. And it doesn't know if you've enhanced uh, this other part of you. It just knows this is the collective tools you have and this is how you use them. And I, I think that's the beauty of um, what we can do with it is guide people. Now, have you, you are a reader at one, two, listen.com. And I know that you, um, are, um, you know, when people call you, there's a certain focus you have now because you're under the clock on want to listen. I know they make appointments and then you, the, the appointment is set and get a time to run the chart. When you run a chart, what is your style? Like what, what is it that, that sort of happens to you? What do you think the person, do you assume that everybody coming to you is in need of something or are they just curious or how do you look at it when you're doing a chart? Hmm. Well, you know, there again, I would say partially my style is just to, to stay open once again and to see what hits me. Okay. I mean, I guess that's the most important thing is what is it that hits me right away about this chart? And most of the time, it, something will just jump out. But if I'm going to do a reading in which, uh, see, a lot of people, they just maybe want a question answered. Other people, which is what I really like, is when somebody just really wants to understand themselves, like yes. they want to come for a birthday reading. You know, it's like, I just want to understand what's happening to me this year. I want to get a good grasp of, of, of what's going on in my life. Then we kind of take the chart a little bit more carefully and dissect some of the pieces so that we can really look at their strengths and we can look at their weaknesses. Yes. But there again, I think the sun sign is very important because it says the ego. And, of course, the rising and the moon are important. But to me, it's more like looking at the whole chart and see, is there a particular piece that seems more important than the others? Or is there something that's really driving this person? Yeah, because you can kind of moment? tell. Sorry to interrupt you. You can kind of tell that there's something going on in the person's life. And yes. oftentimes if it's a big transit, which we, which is like putting a moving planet in the sky in the chart, it's very telling and you can kind of get a hit. Now, speaking of big transits, I want to spend a little time to have people understand the week ahead because they love that about your work. They, they use that in the power peak. And I think they love just listening to the show to see what can they prepare for, for the week. Mm -hmm. And a couple of the big events that are, that are coming, there's a few change in signs. Um, we have Mercury, the planet of our thoughts and thinking and, and how we orient our reality is moving into the sign of Scorpio. So that's happening Wednesday. And then we have Saturn in, in Virgo leaving, entering Libra. And that's the one I think that is going to be the kapow that I'd love to talk to you about as well. Mm -hmm. But if you could sort of like go through a little bit about like, let's start with Mercury and Scorpio. What kind of changes can people expect with that? And then we'll talk about Saturn in Libra. Well, what I would say is Mercury always has to do with how you think and how you communicate. And communication, of course, can be how you email, how you talk to people, how you write letters, etc. But I think when it goes into Scorpio, then people start turning a little more internal because they want to go underneath the surface. They want to understand a little bit more about what's going on. So I think the positive and upside about Mercury going into Scorpio is that we can get a little bit deeper and we can get a little bit more honest with ourselves and with other people nice. because it's like we're not going to put up with the surface crap i think the downside though is just that is that we will sort of call people on their stuff you know <laughs> and start i mean you know let's face it i mean it, it can also be kind of stressful where all of a sudden you're really saying hey that's not true where people you know stand up in the senate and say you oh, yeah. lie you that's know? right that's right <laughs> 
That's so, right. Um, I think there's a little bit more of that stuff because it's almost like maybe people just get to the point they understand a little bit better. I also think that it really increases people's intuition. You know, yes. it really makes them a little more perceptive. So they understand when somebody isn't telling them the truth. It's like a natural lie detector. So this is a week where we can we can count on um, we can recommend to people for the next 30 days that the truth is going to be very important, mm-hmm. um, honesty, because there is a, everyone's going to have a certain lie detector opened up and mm-hmm. um, secrets are, are either going to be revealed or kept. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing about Scorpio is its ability to keep a secret, its ability to keep things sort of closed. And our perception is going to be piercingly below the surface. The recommendation that I think we always tend to, I like to make to people under the Mercury and Scorpio time period is quit assuming that everybody's as awake as you are. Right. Um, you know, if somebody does something that bugs you, let's assume, CA and I were talking about that today about email. You can't always tell the tone of somebody's email. We might read it with that little edge, but they might have been completely innocent. And so... You always want to write back the first one, I always say, with the benefit of the, of the doubt tone, and then you try to respond to the second one with, okay, that does it. I'm pulling out the big guns. You're, <laughs> I'm deleting you, and I'm going to let you know why mm-hmm. uh, if you need to. Now, Saturn in Libra, that seems like the big deal. Um, we have about three minutes to give people some closure on this idea of what that means. This is a big one. Okay. Um, And actually, right before we go to Saturn and Libra, though, I did want to say, you know, in the next couple of weeks, Mercury is actually going to make some connections to Uranus, which can be very eccentric, and also to Neptune, which can make us kind of, you know, blur the boundaries. And I just want people to be aware of that, because once again, I think psychic powers, intuition is going to really ramp up and be in high gear. But there could also be a lot of illusions and a lot of delusions involved in that, too. So I would just say pay attention to your thoughts and maybe don't believe everything you think. Thank you. But really stay open to what's going on because you might end up with a brilliant idea. That's right. And if you go to buy a car, take a friend with you because you might be a lot more gullible than you you normally are. That's right. Right. Good very point. good. Thank you for that. Okay, moving to Saturn and Libra. Personally, I am very, very excited about Saturn and Libra. I think Saturn is one of those planets, you know, that you can call it the disciplinarian, you can call it structure, but to me it's also maturity and wisdom. And so when it moves in the sign of Libra, I, I mean, here are some of the things that I think we can expect. I think relationships are going to become a big focus in people's lives. And I think those relationships are interpersonal, but they're also business relationships, and they also might be between countries, between groups of people. So it's more diplomatic as well. So when Saturn moves in there, I think one of the things that happens is we start learning a lot through our relationships. And sometimes, you know, I think Saturn has a tendency to go in there and kind of break some things up, set the ground rule, set a foundation. So sometimes if you're trying to start a new relationship or you're trying to get something going, you might find that it takes a little bit longer than you think it's going to. Mm. Because it's kind of like Saturn, once again, it's not going to put up with the crap. It says, (laughs) if I'm going to build a relationship, I'm going to build a good one. You know, I'm going to lay the proper foundation. So I think relationships are just going to be very important in the next, you know, couple of years as Saturn moves through there. I think the other thing that is kind of exciting, and maybe this is the Pisces in me, but um, I think when Saturn goes into Libra that we tend to end up with um, kind of karmic relationships. And so we may end up meeting people or people come into our lives that were really meant to be there. 
Mm. You know, it's like all of a sudden we find, a, you know, a karmic relationship starts. And that doesn't always mean that it has to be romantic. It could be a business relationship. But I think all of a sudden there's this sense of karma or faded relationship mm. coming into your life. And, and that's really exciting to me. I see a parakeet coming into mine, and it's very karmic. But yeah. I, and I also, <laughs> hey, and I want to, we have one minute left, CA, and I really uh, want to address, what do you think economically? Hmm. Do you think Saturn's going to affect the economy in Libra? Well, you know, I, I think Libra is about balance and bringing things back into perspective. So, yeah, if anything, I think it'll make it much better. Okay. I think, um, I agree. I think uh, Saturn and Virgo, every time it goes into Virgo, we have an economic crunch. And when it goes into a cardinal sign, I think there's a lot more choice and a lot more availability mm-hmm. to us. Um, I, it's so fun talking to you. Time goes by so fast. We're going to take a break really quick. When we come back, we're going to talk to callers. And you guys, thank you for listening. You're listening to Mark Husson and C.A. Brooks at Mark's Power Peak Hour. We'll be back right after this very short break. Go get something to drink. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Power Peak Hour with your host, astrology expert, Mark Husson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back from your break. I hope you had a good one. This is Mark Husson, and I have a very special guest, our Power Peak writer, C.A. Brooks, is with us on the air. C.A., did you make it back? I did. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we were talking about Mercury in Scorpio, and you were saying, like, um, it's one of those times when we're going to, like, you know, call people on their stuff. And it's funny because um, it was... I saw it today. Microsoft had a deal with uh, the Family Guy people to like do all this Windows Seven stuff. They were all excited, uh-huh. and they saw they. Fi- <laughs> this is so funny. They finally see an episode of this multi-million dollar uh, deal they're doing. They finally they they go and tell everybody we have this great deal with Family Guy, and you know we're they're gonna weave in Windows perfectly. And then they see an episode of the Family Guy and pull the. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> they were so offended and it's like what you didn't ever watch family guy and not know that they were going to rip on anybody and anything it's just very funny but that's mercury and scorpio it's like okay we're pulling the plug because that was offensive so we're going to hear a lot of that it's very fun <laughs> um and i know um ca now uh we i want to do one more thing you you are um doing some research for the month of november you'll be back thanksgiving right mm-hmm, that's so, right People that are going over to want to listen to, to set up a time with you, what they need to do is click the schedule, a reading link. Um, it's when they click CA's picture, want to listen, there'll be a thing that says make an appointment. You have to make your appointment the week of uh, Thanksgiving, which anytime, is it the week of the 23rd then, CA? That's Would that right. work? I actually get back on the 23rd, and before then I'll kind of be traveling in and around. And um, If they go to the scheduler, though, you know, just be patient because I probably will not have good and consistent access to the internet. Okay. So I may not get back to them, but if they put in the request, I will certainly, you know, line up all those emails and, you know, accommodate as many people as I can. Perfect. Awesome. And so you guys don't get frustrated if you put a request and you don't hear, but around the 23rd of that week of 23rd of November, she'll be back. So you can start making your appointments then. Thanks, CA. And plus look for some classes. Um, Our wonderful, uh, the other wonderful astrologer we have is Neil D. Paris, who just ran an astrology, astrology and sex class that was amazing through One Two Academy. So keep your eyes open for classes that I think CA, I'm going to talk to her and Neil about 
hopefully uh, all of us doing a class together. So a lot of fun things in the works. So stay in touch with us on that. And um, let's, hey, see, are you ready to take a call? Sure. Nice. Okay, we're going to talk to Stacy on line one. Stacy, are you out there? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Stacy, how are you? Great. Hey, you got to thank us after the call. You might not want to. <laughs> how are you? I, I have you as a cancer, uh, Stacy, with a Pisces moon and a Pisces rising. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. <laughs> Guess what? You're in a lot of water company. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Between the two of us. So you, we're, we're in good company. What brings you to call the show? Well, um, I'm looking into making some career changes more in the healing arts and artistic area, and I just want to know how to utilize the potential of this next year. Nice question. C.A., do you want to dive in? Sure. Um, well, you know, here again, I just look at the chart, and I, I just see what pops at me, and what I see is that you've got Pluto sitting in your 10th house, and the one thing to remember about Pluto is that it's a very slow-moving planet, so in terms of this dance, it's sitting in the part of your life that, you know, that goes with career and what you want to offer to other people, what you want to offer to the world. And so you're actually going through a major transformation in that part of your life, and it's going to be a while before it's over. So what I would say is that you're going to be on a journey or you're going to be on a path. And so don't expect that today or tomorrow or next week, all of a sudden you're going to say, this is it and this is where I'm going to stay. Because I think you're on a major journey in which you're transforming that whole concept of what you want to give. And what I would encourage you to do is, how do, how do I put this? I think to be a seeker and to keep watching to see what's happening to you, but not to jump from thing to thing to thing. Because there's a tendency sometimes to just believe that if we just find one more thing or if we take one more class or if we learn one more thing, that that's going to be the answer. And I think for you, especially with all that water and the Pisces rising, you're going to naturally soak up whatever it is that you need to have and the skills that you're going to need to use and use them in that moment. Use them on that day and just, then just let the next day take care of itself. Does that make any sense for you? Yeah, um, I do definitely have a secret archetype, and I guess I'm just kind of worried that I'll never ground anything, you know, like mm -hmm. um, just to to really. Um, but I am finding, yeah, just a lot of fun things to just try and see what fits right now. You're extremely creative, Stacey. You know that, right? Yeah. I mean, you are extremely creative. You have the sun in the house of the of the fifth house. It's very creative. You have that watery Cancerian imagination. You have that watery lunar moon in Pisces and the Pisces rising. Now, next year, Jupiter is going to go into Pisces. And you know what that means? You've heard me say this. It's a 12-year cycle. Next year for you, absolute explosion. I have never... Now, listen, here's the fun part. And this is like the part that astrologers will appreciate. But when Jupiter hits your moon, it's going to rule that house of creativity. Meaning that Jupiter is now bringing in the magic for you. And it starts It starts uh, right at December 1st and takes you through the entire year. And what I think is going to happen is you just had your Saturn return. You just restructured yourself. You're kind of coming into your own sense of adulthood and what I'm going to do. And because cancers worry a little bit, you know, what we want to do is settle that down because you do have a little bit of perfectionism in you, like where you sort of like everything has to be perfect. I think this next year you should look for an opportunity that's going to just blow you out of the water. I think when it hits your moon, I've never seen Jupiter not hit a moon, never seen Jupiter hit a moon and have the person not, not explode 
um, emotionally on the scene of anything that they had their heart's desire for, especially with regards to heart's desire. So you can relax. This is an amazing time. Like CA said, the evolution of Pluto in your 10th means it's going to be a slow process, the a long, ongoing process. But this burst that's going to happen for you, I think it's going to set you like it's like catapult. And I don't think you have to do much. I don't think you have to do much worry. Do you have an idea in mind? Any creative arts that you're going to get into? Anything? Well, I do photography and make jewelry, and I also want to do just more like healing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm studying um, to be a flower essence practitioner. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, perfect. I mean, Jupiter and Virgo in the sixth CA, that's our, like, like we, we get to talk this other language, right, for sex day. <laughs> but it's like, there, it's like, that is so beautiful. And you are going to be of service to people. You have it in a big way to do. You don't have to know that first before you pursue. It's, you're going to get sculpted. Water fills the shape of the container that it's in. As you, as life unfolds you, these opportunities, it's going to start getting shaped. And I think you, I think the direction you're heading, my personal opinion, awesome, awesome. Look for the opportunities starting in December where you're that feeling inside of you, like I, you feel hopeful again. You're out of a really oppressive time. That Saturn return can be difficult, but also very helpful in getting, clearing out the people that are no longer useful to you. Did you lose any, any relationships or did you let go of some friendships during the last cycle, like this yeah. last year? Quite you a did, bit. Yeah. 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 That's normal. Okay. That mm -hmm. means you're ready to take off again, right? That's the sign. That's the. It's not the calm before the storm. It's the chaos before the <laughs> before the change, right? And yeah. now it's like you you're getting rid of all the deadwood and you're ready to move forward. Be be grateful that you move in such connection to your higher self. Okay. Can you speak to what would be the gift of like the moon in the first house in Pisces? What the gift of a moon in the first house in Pisces? Mm -hmm. Let's ask the Pisces. Ca, what do you think? Well, this is what I would say, and just, you know, sitting here and listening to you, um, I think part of the gift of your moon is that you can sort of absorb everybody's energy, and you can really understand everybody's energy. And see, my sense, too, is, like I said, it goes back to that seeking thing. I don't think you have to seek, because I think things are just naturally going to come to you. And I mm -hmm. think you just have the ability to read people, you know what they need, and whether or not that's a flower essence or whether or not that is something else, I just think you're going to, I think what you really need to do is just totally get into your emotions and your feelings. Yes, and I, I think, think they're going to be your barometer and tell you what to do. Yes, it does. And I think you're um, absolutely right, CA. This is your, one of the things people will look at you with that moon in the first house, because that's what you present and they will see, they will reflect the compassion. They will see what you see. They will see what you're projecting to them. And it's one of your gifts. So you become a real beautiful mirror for other people. And you, and if you see goodness in them, that's what they'll see when they look at you. And as you're giving them their essences and, and doing their healing with them, that's going to be your gift. It's going to be remarkable. I want to hear from you. Okay, Stace? All right. Thank yeah, you and, very and much. Stacey, if I could say a couple more things, I just want to say, you know, and I usually don't say this to people because I'm not, even though I'm a Pisces, I don't think I'm much of an emotional person, but I have this sense that you really need to follow your emotions and you really need, almost like you're in a sailboat and you're trying to pick up the winds, you yeah. need to keep moving where your ecstasy is taking you. Keep moving where this feels happy, this feels happy. And one other question I'd ask you is, I also get this sense that it's like you're guiding other people either in a travel situation or you're guiding them in their minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems to me that in your career path, you need to be helping people break down barriers that have to do with being able to move. 
And, you know, it's almost like I could see you being not a travel agent, but I could see you leading um, groups of people to various, you know, sacred locations mm. or different places in the world where you then opened up not only sort of them physically because then they'd visit some new place, but you're opening them up totally mentally and spiritually. You, oh, you are, I mean, I think you're a spiritual guide, but you might actually do that on the physical level, too. Do you like to travel? Yeah, I would like to more, but yeah, definitely. Um, I would like to, I guess financially, I'm not in a place where I can right now, but yeah, I would like to, especially with photography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to take pictures and yeah, definitely um, feel strongly about the, like, the sacred guide and spiritual guide to people. Mm-hmm. perfect for you actually really is yeah and you're going to have all those planets that are now sitting in aquarius go over your rising within the you know a few years and so i think mark's right things are just going to break wide open for you and and i mean what i'm saying is don't sit in one place but just keep watching because there's going to be a parade of opportunities coming to you Mm -hmm. will you let us know stacy yeah i will all right honey thank you so much for calling in thanks bye all right thanks Hey, Lisa, we're going to take you online, too. You there? Hey, guys. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. Good. We got you as a Sag with Aquarius moon and a Gemini rising. Does that sound familiar? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> you better act inspired. That's a, great, that's a great combination. What brings you to call the show? I want to know what more changes I have to go through. <laughs> what else does I have to go through <laughs> to get my life more? going? <laughs> <laughs> I think half the world's asking that question, let me tell you. But let's see, you want to take a stab first? Well, or? and you say that like it's a negative thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, what kind of changes? What kind of changes do you feel like you're going through that you don't like? All of them. No, all of them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I, I've been on a career quest, and I'm ready for it to end. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. Well, <laughs> a year-long career quest, shall I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Saturn has been up there in your 10th house. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But you know what? It has moved out. It moved out just recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, like maybe in the last week or so. Do That's you feel, awesome. Do you feel like you have, kind of, you have kind of dug up the earth and have found some places that you want to go? Um, well, yeah, yeah. And I've, and I've had, it seems, like, it seems like everything for like the last year, it gets to a certain point, and then there's, like, this abrupt stop. Right. And so I'm, as I'm progressing through the most recent one, I'm trying to look beyond the abrupt stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it really, truly is. And they're not just, you know, pleasant, easy letdowns. They've always been just, like, it's like hitting a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, I mean, this is kind of my guess. I guess what I would say to you is I think... It's going to take a little bit of time for your career house to settle down. But mm-hmm. Saturn has gone through there, and that's actually a very positive thing because what it was trying to do is clear the clutter. It was trying mm-hmm. to get rid of everything that was not working for you and where you did not need to be. Now, unfortunately, right. just like a parent who kind of says, okay, you're grounded, or mm-hmm. no, you're not going to watch that television show, it's like it may have done some things that felt like it was taking things away from you. 
But right. the truth is, all it was really doing is helping you clear the clutter. But Mars is going to go into that house, but it's going to take quite a while because Mars is going to retrograde this year, and right now it's sitting in Leo. So it's going to be sitting up there in your ninth house, and I guess what I'm feeling for you is over the next six months or so, Mars is going to sort of help you get in touch with what your basic life philosophy is and what's mm-hmm. important to you, and it's going to open some horizons for you so that at the point maybe a year or so from now when it goes into your 10th house, you're going to have a completely different attitude about what it is you want to do and what you've got to offer. Okay. But I think it's going to take a while. But I would just say, you know what? Good riddance to whatever has happened um, to jobs in the last year or so, you know, the last couple years, because Saturn was just doing you a favor. You know, it was just weeding the garden. Right. And I you know, know that's hard. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's not fun to deal with the Saturn transit, but it, often it can be. It can actually be really reassuring. But here's the deal, Lisa, the couple psychological things for you. You have, you're a Jupiter-ruled person. Jupiter sits right on your ascendant. See, I have her as Gemini rising. So you, what you're saying is good. Just flip it upside down because Mars oh, okay. is really going into her third. Okay. Um, which opposite the ninth, which is perfect. The, um... So you're, what's happening, Lisa, is you're, you have this gift of spreading this optimism and this hope, but you end up creating what Sag tends to do is end up creating the shadow part, the part that holds them back, the anchors. And what I think that is for you is the way you're doing it in your brain. Like this Aquarius moon, sometimes right. we'll label things as really tough when we got to get the relabeling happening on the inside. So here's a couple suggestions. In January, Jupiter is going to make this once every 12 year aspect to your own natal Jupiter. I think things are going to pop for you right then. I think you're already feeling it. That's why I think you got in the show. I think that's why these things got exposed to you. Number mm-hmm. number two, Jupiter will then enter Pisces for the entire year. Pisces is the ruler of your career house and Jupiter is the planet of good fortune. If I don't have to put that together for you, but it's going to hit your midheaven. It's going to hit that career house February 2nd of 2010, which means for you next year, 2010 is going to be the year of absolute everything you've been wanting. I know it is. It's you're going, if I'm, I'm doing your, when I just look at little things, I pull together like your numerology. I try to do that just to, just to play. And, and right. what we come up with is, um, I, th- I believe we're going into a five year next year for you, which is like, you're getting out of this box that you're, you're going to pop out of your box and it might be a six year. I'm doing it all really fast. Either one, those are two of my favorites. You're going to pop out of the box. You're going to finally get the acknowledgement you need. You're going to shift that sort of, uh, get that moon loosened up a little bit. We got to have this wired. Like you have been releasing a lot of things. It has definitely been a, the Saturn and Virgo has kicked your butt. That's what happens because it gets you to challenge all the authority figures in your life. And then you get to release them. And now we're hitting, watch what happens January 1st um, and then February 2nd. It's like that whole 2010 year is going to be a cycle for you of like absolute relief. I think you're going to be, I think you're, I hope you'll write us and let us know. Everyone that's called in so far has had this incredible Piscean connection because Jupiter is going to go into Pisces. That's the ruler of your 10th house. And so I think it's going to give you the thing that the, the boost and the, and the thing you've been wanting to put together, it might require some travel. I'm not sure, but it does look like for sure. Most of what all this work you've done is going to be a collective kapow. It's all going to pay off. And then we've got to shake up that belief system. Get your moon a little, like get the ideas in your brain. If you think this is the rule, try to change it and say, well, is this another way of looking at it? It's a really okay. glass full, glass empty thing, that, but it definitely has impact on you because your nervous system really hears how you orient your thoughts. Does that make sense? Yep. 
Okay. okay. Listen, that's the big hug to you. Let us know, will you, Lisa? Okay. And Mark, if I can say one more thought, because yeah. this is just synchronicity, and you're absolutely right. I had the chart for a.m. instead of p.m., so it's upside down. Yeah. But ironically enough, so I sat here and I chose a couple of um, tarot cards for you. And what's interesting is the first one that came up is the hanged man, which says you have to turn everything upside down. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Lisa, that I got that chart wrong, nope, but that's you know, right. that's it. You need to turn some things upside down and you need to keep, you need to quit struggling against what is because the way that you're trying to do things is right. not the way that you're going to loosen yourself from what's going on. And the other card that I pulled has to do with keeping yourself in bondage by whatever your beliefs are about what that situation is. So once again, that card is about turning your thinking upside down. Learning Try it. To play with it. something differently. Absolutely. Lisa, do try to just play a little bit with like how you wired something in your brain and see maybe there's another way of looking at it. It might loosen things up a little bit because things are okay. going to really kapow next year. Drop us a note. Let us know. Serious. Awesome. Thank you, girl. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, Mary, you out there on line three? Yes. Hello. How is everybody doing? <laughs> Good. Hey, Mary, how are you doing? Hey, yay. Well, actually, as I was listening to those last two callers, and I've got, I mean, my question was more of immediate, you know, immediate, like in the next, next couple of months. Mm -hmm. But I've got my Jupiter return in Pisces. Yes, you do. Next year. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, you know what? You guys do what you do, and I'll just do what I do, which is ask the question. Okay. Help. Um, finances and career and the like, I was kind of really excited when Jupiter turned direct last week because mm -hmm. it's in my rising sign. Mm -hmm. um, and then Jupiter goes into, you know, my first house, Pisces, which is my Jupiter return. So um, I'm kind of sensing that, you know, like finally, with like capital finally, um, great things are on, you know, breakthroughs. Am I am I nuts or am I just being <laughs> Aquarius? Let's hope so. No, just <laughs> go ahead. Zia, you want to dive? No, Mark, why don't you go okay, on this one let first? Me, okay, I'll jump in. Hey, Mary. Here's the deal. You have Neptune sitting right on your ascendant. Absolutely can create a lot of confusion, but it also make it opens you up. It takes that Aquarius uh, way of looking at the world, which is your rising sign, and it sort of opens you up, opens you up to spirituality, opens you up to new possibilities, makes things seem like, whoa, but at the same time, it can add a ton of confusion about what the heck am I supposed to do? But here's the magic. Um, when Jupiter hits that point, because Jupiter's going to come to hit that, it's going to be this, It's it makes what the Magi astrologers say one of the most successful aspects somebody could have, and that happens in December. So what we're going to see is this combination of Jupiter, Neptune, and your rising sign all doing this amazing opening for you. So you're going to feel it. There's no question about it. If you go back to 1997 and 1998 for the changes that took place similar to this at a lower octave. Now they're on a higher spiral of the DNA. And then we're going to see some of, uh, you, you can then relate to some of the turning of events. The other thing to keep in mind, and then I'm going to let you speak, uh, to Mars is in Leo, your Mars is in Leo. This is indicating that it's going to go retrograde. So this is going to be a year where a lot of ideas start getting born. And it's recommending that you look at the possibility of like letting them incubate and then taking some action later in March. Um, how, how's any of that sound? so far well you know actually from like that 90 96 97 or 98 that was actually um uh like pluto hit my career yep. house and actually everything went downhill so i'm praying i'm not going to have a repeat of that well it went downhill and what did you like, end up doing after that putting pieces um, together going in another direction uh well i mean uh yeah going in just surviving 
honestly, yeah. just surviving. You just went you into know. survival mode. Yeah, so the, what happened in 96, 97, 98 was Pluto at the midheaven. Pluto's long gone from that. And so, mm-hmm. no, you're not going to, you, what you had to do was deal with the Sagittarian shadow. Like you had to deal with the part of Sag that goes, I'm not worthy. And that's why I'm telling you, that is exactly what Pluto did is pull you to the depths of like, what am I worth? What is my value? And I can promise you, probably you went through that in 97 and 98. What, is, what the heck, what's, what's my point? And, the, and started doing some true self-reflection and then came to a point of now a little, hopefully, stronger trust, stronger faith, stronger endurance. And Jupiter's going to show you now the result of that 12 years ago, the, the changes that occurred there. And that's, I think that's spot on. That's exactly spot on. So in terms of like, of like things actually materializing and manifesting, like coming out of the ethers now and actually having all this materialized, what, what, what's the good news? <laughs> the good news is I'm putting you to spring of April of 2010. Okay, because Mars is retrograding and that's going to say to us, this is really big and it's going to give you enough time to pull all your resources together. But you're going to see the big pow to me is in spring. Let's find out what CA has to say. Well, you know what? I would agree really with everything that you've said, both the uh, Neptune and the Jupiter going over her ascendant, because I think that is going to, you know, once again, it's just going to be an enlightening period in which it's almost like your your mind is going to be blown. You're not even going to be able to keep up with the changes and all the excitement and the stuff that is going on for you. But what I sense, too, is that especially with Mars sitting over there in your sixth house, and that's where it's going to retrograde, you're coming into a whole new place of what you think you have to give. So one thing I would say is focus on what is my service, what is what is it that I know how to do, what is it that I can contribute, because as you really focus on that and kind of change the way you view yourself, you're going to come out to be sort of a leader, or you're going to come out to be kind of a person that other people follow, and then money and resources isn't going to even be your focus or your issue. CA, I'm going to jump in. Mary, we're not going to give you a chance to feedback. We're going to get cut off, so let me take that with you. Feel it as a hug. Feel free to write us. Let us know what's going on. Thank you so much for calling. CA, thank you so much for coming through. It's been amazing to have you on as a guest. Everybody, please get on 1-2-Promotions at 1-2-Listen.com. There's a mailing list called 1-2-Promotions. We can tell you what the secret discount is all year. Hey, everybody, thanks for coming. I'll be here next week. Remember, Shelly, Friday, listen at 9 a.m. with Louise and Shelly. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.